Hi, Laura. Welcome to episode seven of Crushing. I'm so happy to have you on. So just so everybody knows, Laura actually helped me um, brainstorm my like, and like, uh, sort of like, go through and work out the details with um, my initial idea um, for this radio show slash podcast. Um, so Laura, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, just to start. Sure. Yes. First of all, Maya, it is, it was, and continues to be my honor to be your creative coach through the process of fact finding and um, exploration. It was amazing to watch this idea take shape in an iterative process. Um, and I just love seeing where you're going with it and bringing all of your, your wisdom of, um, that you've, uh, acquired through, um, through introspection and exploration um, as a young person, also um, your unique perspective at your age and also like the, the feminist lens that you really do bring to all things. I love seeing all of this take shape here. So I'm, I'm honored to be a guest and delighted to, to watch this project continue to flourish. Um, I guess that's a, like a good jumping out point for me. Uh, my name's Laura Rubin and I started this company called All Swell Creative about eight years ago. Um, at the time, I was running a full tilt marketing communications company, and uh, journaling has always been a tremendous source of value for me throughout my life, and I felt like journaling had a pretty bad PR problem. So it was really just intended to be my passion project, a little side project that um, meant a lot to me, and I started pushing products out that I thought were um, compelling invitations for people to come to the page. And I recognized that journaling had a pretty bad PR problem and that I was looking to, to move the conversation, the cultural conversation um, around the concept of journaling. And it wasn't until I launched the company and pushed the products out that I started getting feedback from the marketplace that actually a lot of people are very uncomfortable journaling. They think they're bad at it. They don't know where to start. And so really that was the seed of what's now grown into my full-time gig uh, leading journaling workshops as uh, well as being a one-on-one -on -one creative coach, like the sessions that I provided for you. I'm helping people find their voice, find their purpose, find um, uh, really their their creative flow. And it's been uh, a true a true honor to do this work. Yeah, I think that the whole PR problem with journaling is really interesting because I feel like there's this idea that journaling is a girl sitting on her bed writing dear diary but that's just like that's that's so unfair and it just makes fun of the whole idea of um expressing yourself and like working through your feelings and writing down your goals which are really important for everyone everyone should be doing that so absolutely yeah. absolutely it grows it grows across culture uh, it, this this is a legitimate modality for mental and emotional well-being that is um, wildly available. There's really no cost barrier. It can only you know it, you just need a, a pen and a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be a fancy journal, and uh, it's there for you anytime you need it. Even if you just have a few minutes because you're super busy because you're working three jobs and raising kids. If you have four minutes to yourself, um, you know I I lead journaling workshops as well, and just led one uh, in person, which was amazing to be back with people in person. And there was one mother who uh, who was participating. She's raising four kids, and the only time she had to journal in advance of the workshop was literally in her car, stopped at a red light. And I I'm just so moved by somebody's dedication to their own creative voice to find that space in their life. Yeah, right on. Um, so wait, so where did you grow up? <laughs> so I grew up between two places, which okay. makes a lot of sense, right? right? I had one parent up in Westchester in a town called Chappaqua, and I had one parent in New York City in the East Village on Avenue A. Okay. So I went back and forth. We're talking from like, you know, four years old, back and forth between these two worlds. So I'm really comfortable with a lot of movement. And I haven't lived one place my entire life until the last two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's definitely been fascinating for me to slow my roll for the first time since I was four. <laughs> and, um, and 
have all this excess time and energy where I wasn't using it traveling from place to place. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. So we talked a lot. Okay. We talked about where you grew up, what you do for work. Um, what do you do for fun? Oh my gosh. So much. By the way, I think fun is a really underrated virtue. Like mm -hmm. people just think fun is this like banal thing. No, no, no. Fun and play and joy. All of these things are very important. And personally, I consider them to be your divine right. Uh, you know, I, as you know, I was sick. I had cancer many years ago. I'm clearly fine, totally cured. But I think that that um, process instilled in me this sense of, um, like an urgency <laughs> to really fully experience life through this joyful lens. Now there's going, there, there will be difficult times. That's just part of being alive. Mm -hmm. But when we have the opportunity to be joyful and to share that sense of joy and play and creativity and fun with others, I feel like this, this almost like moral drive to do so. And, um, as you know, I, I love surfing. I love being active outdoors, whatever that means, however that looks. Um, I have a tribe of uh, Tom girl uh, girlfriends. I am not a Tom girl. I will always be an aspiring tomboy rather. Um, they think it's like really cute. They're like, oh, you don't know how to camp. I'm like, guys, I was raised in these village. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, right? But um, they allow me to sort of like tag along and do stuff with them. They're much more badass than I am, but I like to, you know, to, to, to come along for the ride. Funny. And, um, sort of relate and that with like, what's that? I feel, I sort of relate to that when I like drive my car around. I'm like, I'm such a poser. Like, I don't know how to drive. Like, this is so <laughs> new to me. I take the subway. Like, what am I doing? But like, like, this is like a really cool aesthetic for me though. Um. <laughs> well, you know, they're like, they're like riding motorcycles and dirt bikes and surfing much bigger waves and doing all of this like really badass cool stuff and and like I'm there in a sundress being like this is wonderful you know? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious but um so for whatever reason they let me tag along and enjoy my company um on the flip side of that uh I also really love being a host in whatever form that may take and yeah. I'm a cook I'm not the world's best cook but I really really enjoy um creating a sense of celebration around even the everyday so that's one of the things I really do for um for pleasure for fun is um whether it's like a great cocktail hour or you know a, a bonfire on the beach whatever whatever that is so um I'd say time spent outdoors with friends and um in some way shape or form being a host of some kind yeah that sounds awesome I think like the hosting thing, me and my roommates, we've really like gotten the chance to have people over recently because we're all fully vaccinated and it's just been super fun, like having people in the house and stuff and like eating food together. Um, it's been super dope. All right. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. It's, it's really, it's like archetypal stuff, honestly. Right. You know, I was raised at the table and being able to break bread with people you love it. It's an archetypal pleasure. It, it's, it's really old. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, take a break and listen to some music. Um, the first song is going to be As by Stevie Wonder. As around the sun, the earth no seeds revolving. And the rosebuds know the bloom in early May. Hate knows love's the cure. You can rest your mind sure that I'll be loving you always. Now can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow, but in passing we'll grow older every day. Just as all that's born is new, don't know what I say is true, but I'll be loving you always. Until the rainbow finds the star. Way we 
Cause you know that life is giving love a guarantee To last forever another day Just as time new to move on since the beginning And the seasons know exactly when to change Just as kindness knows no shame Nothing for your joy and pain I'll be loving you always As the day I know I'm living but tomorrow It makes me the past but that I mustn't fear For I'll know deep in my mind the love of me I've left behind Cause I'll be loving you That's a fun one. Uh, you picked that one out, Laura. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. First of all, it's my favorite song of all time. All time. Uh, you cannot be unhappy while listening to that song. It's, I think, like chemically impossible. Um, and Stevie <laughs> Wonder is also my favorite artist of all time. Mm -hmm. But why I picked that song, in addition to the fact that it is an amazing kitchen dance party song, it is an amazing road trip song, Windows Down, Volume Up, mm -hmm. is that originally as you, as you listen to the song, I thought it was a love song. I thought it was a song about love between a man and a woman or between two, um, between two individuals. Mm -hmm. But as I spent more time with the song, I realized, at least to me, it's a love song, but it's a love song from God to humanity. And this idea of God loving us through all of this through like all the changes, everything we could possibly go through, that it is the most beautiful and nourishing form of love. And, uh, and it, it makes sense that at the end, there's this like gospel choir moment where it just like kind of like the whole song just sort of takes flight. But um, when that, when that like clicked for me, I just, I, it's this idea of, you know, like a crush, right? Of some of something having just such total adoration, mm -hmm. and that idea of God loving us that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like a lot of people's affinity for religion comes with the fact that it's constant and that it doesn't go away, and that it's like this like unending adoration, um, which I think is really beautiful. Um, and I that's feel like that's a yeah. stunning. Uh, observation honestly yeah and like I think I mean a lot of the fear that I have around crushes in real life is that like they go away or like the feelings aren't reciprocated or that like I'm gonna fuck something up um but I think like you know looking at crushes from a broader perspective and love from a broader perspective um is really cool just to think about like the things that are constant Yes, my dear. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred times. Yes. And the other thing is that often we look in life for these, these forms of positive self-reflection or these positive reflections. Right. And that's why often we look for um, romantic partners that where we see ourselves reflected positively in their eyes. And one of the reasons why I chose this song is that, you know, I clearly have a, a deep spiritual belief system. And for me, it's like, no, like, that's always there from God, 100% there every day, 24 seven, from the moment you take your first breath till the last breath in your life, that is how God looks at you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my perspective. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, things wax and wane in, in one's life where you feel amazing and beautiful and so loved. And then there are times where you don't feel that way, but what's, what are some of the underlying sources that you can turn to? And for me, it's my connection to spirit. Yeah, I think like I've talked a lot about about surfing in this radio show as something that like I find to be like very spiritual and very constant in my life. Um, I like have a lot of anxiety about like, you know, like being abandoned. And so I like, you know, when I like have like a good crush or like something that's going really well in my life, all I can fixate on is like, when is it going to end? Like, 
like oh oh gosh like i know that the end is coming and then like the downfall like from the really good is always so hard for me um so that's why i turn to things like surfing and nature um and like even i was so like my dog died re like two days ago which was like oh hi i'm so sorry yeah. um it was like a huge bummer for my family but i was like talking to my sister on the phone about it because she was like really upset and she was saying well like everything's changing like you and kai are going to college like halston died you know and i was like ani like it's gonna be okay like the memories associated with the dog don't go away but also i was talking to her about like the things that like i look to that are still constant and i was like you know that tree that's like outside our house that's like the really big tree like that tree is still there and like okay yeah so like that makes me really emotional to think about but like when I like don't when I like have like like volatile periods in my life or like I know that like things are changing like I just try to like go back to things that I know stay the same and like for me in my head like it's picturing that tree it's picturing like me going home to Montauk after this like insane year that I've had and like paddling out and like like put like putting myself in the right spot in the ocean at ditch because like I know that that spot is still going to be there you know so yeah, like the sense of continuity mm -hmm. yes um so I feel like that's like that's something that's like can be like really grounding um so we talked yeah we talked like a little bit about yeah we've already started the talk about crushes um but I was wondering if you had like one crush in particular um someone that you think helped you see yourself more um that sort of stands out amongst others what I feel what I feel like has really helped me see myself better is actually a lot of the mentors I've had through mm -hmm. my life and I might have had intellectual crushes on them or I might have had professional crushes on them yeah just like absolutely putting them on a little bit of a pedestal and um and then just being like couldn't believe that they even like cared about who I was let alone that they were invested in in mm -hmm. my professional success or mm -hmm. emotional development or what have you yeah um, I can't really say that like my my romantic crushes necessarily help things come into focus necessarily <laughs> like in my life I think yeah. that uh, for a long time I was very I was I was much more comfortable with um being attracted to somebody who is just out of reach because it to your point about like a fear of abandonment if you if, yeah. if you aren't actually in a relationship with this person then you don't have to be free of being abandoned yeah. by them so yeah. if you choose somebody who's just like going to be constantly out of reach then it puts you in this position I, where yeah i you know that very well worry about it yes i i know that too well um yeah i'm I feel that. And I also like feel the the mentor thing. Like I think like for me like romantic crushes blur almost like blur my sense of self because I like just like I feel like I just like lose like a rational perspective and like also I can just like um I have a tendency to sort of like put my stuff away and like stop prioritizing me like when I meet someone I really like so that I can like start to see them all the time and stuff like that um so which, I, is, which is somewhat normal right because you're right. creating space in your life for this other person and for mm -hmm. the relationship to take root but i do think in general there's that process of of like finding com coming back to self and like reconnecting with those those rituals and elements that that, that you that that help you stay who you are you know yeah. Um, and, and so I think that like when you're first falling in love, there's, there's almost like this contraction of the two people, like building the relationship and having like building out this chrysalis for the, for, for the relationship to emerge out of. And then once you have that, and once you're in the world together as a couple, then there's a lot more freedom of movement to like go to, to, to return to some of the things that you love most about experiencing your life. And sometimes it's also, I know that, um, for for sometimes there was like a period where I would maybe spend less time with my friends and more time with my boyfriend. And then that, that equilibrium shifts and you're, and you're sort of back to some, some new sense of normal. Yeah. I like, 
I feel like I've never, honestly, I mean, I'm so young, but I've, like, never reached a point where I've, like, been in a serious relationship and, like, I've, like, seen it through to the point where it's, like, oh, I can have my separate life and, like, this guy, he can have a separate life and, like, we can come together. I feel like recently I've experienced, like, the very beginning of that where it's, like, okay, I like you, but, like, I can't commit right now, which like creates a lot of volatility for me and I've realized that it's incredibly uncomfortable because like my comfort zone is either like no feelings out of reach emotional wall or it's like you know like I'm fully committed to you and like I understand that to get from like A to B there has to be like this middle ground but like I've noticed that I am so incredibly uncomfortable in this middle ground because I'm like waiting i'm just waiting for something to go wrong the whole time um and like also i like like the security of like knowing that the person is there so that like i can do my thing but it's like this distraction from doing my thing if i don't feel like it's secure so all very new for me <laughs> but maya first of all all of that's understandable but you you that, that middle territory, the reason why you're so uncomfortable is because there's emotional risk there. Yes. There's no, there's, there's really not very much emotional risk at either of the polarities, or at least the perception that there isn't okay. very much, right? So either you're out of the game and you're not putting yourself in a position to potentially be rejected, right? Or you are at the other end where you are so thoroughly committed to each other and like it's, it's go time and you're, and you're kind of just good, right? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, that doesn't actually really exist in relationships as far as I'm concerned. Like you constantly have to be reinvesting and, and, and like working on your relationship. Yeah. I don't necessarily mean there's a cotton, constant thread of them like picking up and off they go. But I, but I think this, like um, this, this place where people think like, oh, well it just exists. And like, you know, the clock is wound. No, no, no. The, the watch is the watch always needs to be rewound, you know, mm -hmm. but the, the place that you're talking about in the middle where you're like, okay, that's a really scary territory, scary territory. I understand why that's scary for you because there's risk, but yeah. the same way, like you're never going to catch a wave unless you paddle out. You're mm -hmm. never going to get better at surfing unless you put yourself in gnarlier positions, gnarlier conditions. Right. Yeah. So like you have to do some of those things and they're not always going to be like easy. They're not always going to feel great, but if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to catch those waves. Yeah. So just recognize that that's part of your process of where you are and it, you're, you're right on time. You're right on time, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and your, and your degree of self-awareness, I think is going to serve you really well. Oh, thank you. Um, all right. Let's hear some music again. Um, this is Cortez the Killer by Neil Young and Crazy Horse.
that was a nice little instrumental break there. Uh, some time to think. Um, I actually want to go back to uh, our conversation about risk taking because I think it's really interesting. So while I was hearing that music, I was thinking about how like as much as like I could ride like two foot waves on my longboard in glassy conditions forever, like I wouldn't love surfing as much if I like didn't push myself to like go out on those gnarly days when it's stormy and I'm on a shorter board and I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to take the drop. And like, even if I don't catch any waves on the second day, when I get out of the water and there's like snot coming out of my nose and there's water in my wetsuit, it's still so nourishing to just like know that I push myself and like know that I push my limits. Um, and I like that kind of like brought up this idea for me, like about like the human condition in general, which is that like at the same time that like human beings like want things to stay the same and that like we want security, like on the other side of things, we like want change like so much. And so it's like so difficult to like navigate the two, like navigating like the sunny, like glassy two foot days and then like the the adventurous days that are like both like simultaneously like so good at the same time yes and i i can see certain patterns emerge in my life and one of them is that every time i've taken a big leap into the unknown towards something that was speaking to me but i couldn't necessarily like calculate it down to exactly what i should be doing but i just went towards it anyway I have been so massively rewarded yeah. time and time and time again, personally, professionally, athletically, spiritually, romantically, that every time I have gone towards that, and I'm not just saying like, like, just like throw yourself into anything. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that when there's that resonance, when there is that thing that speaks to you and says, come this way, mm -hmm. listen, yeah, take the leap, take the drop, mm -hmm. paddle out, do the thing because I'm, and it's your intuition speaking to you, right? It's that moment of inspiration. Go towards it. Right. And even if you can't like say, okay, well, this makes all the sense in the world. Try it. Yeah. And like, that's the crush. Like that's like, that's you, your body, like your mind telling you, like you should move towards this thing. Like there's a reason why you're supposed to be exploring it. And like, I think like, like in my, I don't know, I feel like I've had a lot of, I have this idea that like, I'm supposed to like not listen to my feelings because my feelings are irrational. But I think that like our intuition and our feelings as human beings actually like guide us the most in the right direction. Because like, if we don't listen to them, then we're going to end up in a place where we're unhappy. So we might as well just like listen to like what we like, listen to our intuition, like listen to what we think is right. And I, I think it's worth noting there's a difference between instinct and intuition that instinct, you know, when you're saying like, oh, well, I'm I, like that, that middle part is scary. That's your instinct, right? Because it is, a, it is a part of your brain that is trying to protect you from mm -hmm. harm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so often our instincts are the things that are that, like that, that show up to keep us from getting eaten by a tiger in, and that, and I mean that metaphorically, right getting eaten by a tiger professionally, financially, whatever, right? Um, and it can keep you from public speaking. It can keep you from doing lots of things. But intuition is a deeper source of wisdom. Intuition is from a different part of your person. And yeah. it is something that if you if you start paying attention through the lens of that binary, um, I think that you'll see that some, they're, they're, that when something speaks to me from my intuition, it's got almost this like shimmer to it. And I'm like, oh, right, that's that thing, you know, as opposed to just the like the the two second fear reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like I, I find like the easiest way for me to like make the distinction between instinct and intuition is like journaling, actually, yes. because I'm like, oh, I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way, and I'm gonna do this, but wait, that's because of this big thing, that's actually my intuition um, underneath it all. And I think yeah. I have a tendency to do things that are really reactive. When I'm really sad, I can be super mean to people. And then I like feel super apologetic, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's because I'm not actually mad at you. I'm just like, 
feeling my feelings and I didn't want you to know that. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, you know, often when we go to like hurt other people, it's because of how we're feeling inside about ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the journaling process really helps, you know, like when people say like, Oh, do you go back and reread your journals? I'm like, no, why would I want to go for a swim in toxic sludge? Often what I'm doing is divesting myself of like, of, of all of that, like crunchy, gnarly stuff that I get out on the page. And mm -hmm. then once it's like, like I've dumped off all of that luggage, then I'm a better version of myself out in the world. Right. And so, um, additionally, like what I find is that it's so hard right now, more than perhaps ever before. And Maya, you know, like, I really feel for you and your generation and like how you're navigating all of the experience of coming of age against the backdrop of social media. I'm just so like, I have so much respect for how you're navigating all of it. And I, I can't even imagine that pressure, but, um, we have all of this like incoming requests to respond, react, respond, react, respond, react. Right. And so even like if we're posting something on social media, that might seem like really personal and heartfelt, but we're still putting it out there for people to judge. And so it's very necessary especially now for us to have a place to work through things on the page that's utterly private and just for you. So that, that individual voice, that individual creative voice can come to the surface. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like, even like I talk to my mom about Instagram all the time and I'm like, I just cannot post for validation. Like when I am posting on Instagram, like I, before I like put something onto social media, I think to myself, I, am I doing this for validation? And like, sometimes I literally just will not post because I'm like, no, like I'm doing this because I want attention right now. So I'm not going to do it. Um, it's like this constantly like having to check in with myself about like what kind of, what, am, what I'm looking for in like the action that I'm taking. Yes. And, and I will say it's for me, it's a real double edged sword, right? Because on one hand, I'm um, professionally asking people to right. really be involved in analog private communication. And yet mm -hmm. one of the ways that I'm asking them to do that is via a digital interactive medium. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really struggle with all of that. Mm -hmm. And I where I've netted out is that I just need to meet people where they are. Yeah. And if I can, if I can do that, then, then maybe I can mm -hmm. like actually get them to spend a few minutes less involved in, in this um, environment and more involved in something that's deeply personal and frankly real, you know, yeah. but um, it's like the whole wellness industry's involvement with um, like apps and social media, you know, it's, it's fraught with with you know contradiction yeah totally I think the scariest thing about social media is that it's so hard to assert personal boundaries with it and like I know that like I would like I think like I, I've actually talked to like a lot of people on this show like Brianna who's like spoken about how like you know like see together is supposed to be this thing that isn't like not related to social media but then you know if you want to grow your business you have to rely on social media to do so and like it's a similar thing like in my personal life too it's like well like in an ideal world like i would be like completely disconnected because like honestly i find like snapchat texting people even to be incredibly stressful you know but then in the moments where i have disconnected i felt like alone because i don't feel as connected to my friends i don't feel as connected to like my social group in general because i don't really know what's happening so it's really yeah. a double-edged sword yeah um, and i think like especially in terms of dating like the fact i think like social media makes dating happen exponentially faster because you the level like when i talked about this with my dad like he you know, would like, he was, it was just like a phone call a week, maybe to like, finally get to the point of seeing somebody in person, which is the ultimate goal. But for me, like, if I am like dating somebody, I am interacting with them maybe like 20 times a day over social media, whether that's like sending our face back and forth, or like we're sending text messages. And that I think in and of itself makes it incredibly hard to assert a boundary because then it's like, oh, well, this person has suddenly become this massive part of my life because I'm interacting with them constantly. But like, 
how much am I actually seeing them in person? How much do I actually know them? Terrifying to me. So, you know, and also the, like the app culture, right? Um, I, I've been in long-term relationships uh, pretty consistently for the last six years. I, I, haven't, I haven't participated in app culture in a long time. Um, and, it's, and it's really changed so much since I was ever on anything. Right. Um, but I, I really do feel that it's created this illusion of infinite options and it's dehumanized mm-hmm. the connection yeah. that we have with one another. And so this idea of like swiping and there's, there's, no, there's no accountability, right? They're just like this highly curated version of themselves that's been posted. And um, a good guy friend of mine uh, just like he was showing me some pictures of a, a woman that he's going out with. And I'm like, is this the quality of image? She, she looks like Herb Rich shot this. You know what I mean? Is this the quality of what's being posted now? And he was like, kind of, yeah. And it's just, it just, I find it so shocking. Um, I guess I'm old fashioned that way, but this idea that like, it's a hall of mirrors, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I hear my girlfriends and guy friends talk about how like, you know, somebody comes into their life and then just like, just there's, they just go away and there's no explanation. There's no participation in explaining yeah. well, why. And, and people are left with all of these questions. Yeah. Like, is this something I did? And yeah. often it's just that they started dating somebody else or they were already dating somebody else. Yeah. And they just don't feel this need to actually like come through with completion. Yes. And for me, that's like a real hiccup in terms of like being a quality human oh like, for sure alone. yeah for sure I think like it's it's so complicated and I I think like I've like done like I've experienced like the worst of dating apps I've used dating apps as like a tool also and like experienced like good things from dating apps so like whatever so like I met somebody on hinge like I really like this person but like it's created a lot of stress because we both know that we're both on dating apps so that's like this idea that like our connection is almost from like the second that we met our connection is devalued because we know that each of us has like x more amount of options to explore so like that's incredibly stressful because like if you know if like a dating app connection goes well then you know that the context in which you met that person was on a dating app and so like you're you have to assume that they're probably going to see other people that they could meet somebody like you even though like we all know in our heart of hearts that like human connection where like both people really like each other is actually rare like it is not so so easy to come by like as much as we want to think as much there's also the flip side of people who are in relationships that project a perfect relationship and that actually makes a lot of other people feel badly about themselves, whether they're single or they're not in a perfect relationship, but most of it is totally fake, you know? And they're only showing like the best possible moments and they're only like describing the best possible things, but relationships are hard, you know? You can be so in love with somebody and it can still be so difficult. Yeah. And nobody really talks about that unless like, their shtick is to be confessional yeah. about relationships. Have you, do you know like Milan Kundera, The Unbearable Lightness of Being? It's of like, it's, okay, I read this book in high school, but it's like, you know, in life, there's like the unbearable lightness, which is like feeling like you're not tied down to anyone, but you're free. And then there's the unbearable weight of like being tied down to somebody, but like it hurts so bad because you care about them and you're anxious about them. And like, so both sides of the human experience kind of suck. Like, like whatever. Like I, you know, I've complained this year about being lonely, and I've also complained a shit ton this year about like being anxious about somebody that I care about. So it's it's really not like like we like as humans we like to think the grass is always greener, but like honestly, it's hard on both ends. Yes, it is. And the other thing is, it's beautiful on both ends, right? And so yeah. the flip side is to be able to find the good in all of the, the, the mix, right. That's going to be ugly and beautiful and frustrating and scary and exalt like exaltation and and just like all of that incredible joy juice and dopamine and all that stuff. And 
to be able to enjoy the places where you are on your own and that exploration and that freedom and that excitement and to also embrace the time where you're with a partner and you're able to have that sense of stability and being seen and being loved and being um being taken in right mm -hmm. so so but each side each aspect of that polar that set of polarities has a flip side right for both good bad if we're going to use those words mm -hmm. and it's a matter of us just ex like expressing to ourselves that there is no perfection there is no perfect there is no panacea you don't arrive at a place and go you good now i have a life no never that never happens your life is happening now it's messy it's beautiful it's painful it is all of those things right and if you can accept all of that and experience yeah. all of that simultaneously as far as i'm concerned you are winning absolutely okay it's time for a fun song i think um right. this is blister in the sun by violent femmes love this one And I'm so strung out I'm high as a kite I just might stop to check you out Let me go on Like I blister in the sun Let me go on Big hands, I know you're the one Body and beats, I stain my sheets I don't even know why My girlfriend, she's at the end She is starting to cry Let me go on album I ever bought in my whole life and I bought it because I had a girl crush on this older camper at my sleepaway camp farm and wilderness in rural Vermont and she yeah. was so freaking cool this girl named Alex I don't even remember her last name uh -huh. but she was badass and she had the best taste in everything and was like just just super cool and I remember being like god like look at her she's like just got this amazing sense of style and confidence and um she was like super edgy and was really pretty but like not like super focused on it and it was so many of the things that i that i was like oh hell yeah so that's one of the reasons why i picked this song and also because i think that you know we get the like information when we're young through like you know our babysitters to our camp counselors <laughs> people that like wander into our lives and um and we're like like you know when we're kids we're just saving up all of this information and it can feel a lot like a crush yeah 
Totally. Yeah, I love that whole, like, older girl, like, she's so cool. She has such cool clothes. Like, I want to be her crush, you know? Like, I feel like I've, honestly, like, you brought this up earlier, but I feel like I've learned the most from those kind of characters um, in my life, like, for sure. Um, wait, I would wear, like, she wore these Norma Kamali uh, tube skirts that she would like roll down with like a vintage Mickey Mouse t-shirt and and like high and um and like high top chucks uh -huh. with like this asymmetrical haircut that was like shaved in the back she was so freaking cool I'd wear that outfit today you know just and it's just so funny how like we we are we remember these things and um there was something about her spirit that it really captured my attention and um she had the hottest boyfriend and the whole thing but like but he was also kind of like edgy and cool and like didn't really care about you know the whole thing and yeah. it, it was it was it was for me I, I think I was like 11 at the time I don't even know um I was just like oh yeah like so cool so cool so cool yeah I like feel that way now about like there are these girls who are a couple years older than me who like are like graduating UCLA and like they go out and surf Malibu and they've got like super funky haircuts and like I'm like oh my god like they're so cool like I want to be you in three years please and I just like kind of sit there around them and I don't know what to say but I'm like watching <laughs> them <laughs> super that's awesome. that's awesome I love that so much yeah and then i also like weirdly like feel like that's like been my experience like at ditch too is like seeing all these like really cool surfers and i'm like oh my gosh like i want to be you like i'm actually so afraid of you you don't understand <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think Mont i have montag is like a whole different thing right that's like, like, like a different category. there's like yeah yeah yeah, I think a lot of that's really silly, though, because like grownups do grow up. And if they're still oh. acting like they're in a high school cafeteria, then I think it's just kind of sad. But, you know, that's my perspective. No, feel that. Feel that. Um, yeah. OK, actually, I'm just thinking about uh, this Violent Femme song. So when I was in sixth grade in like my advising group, we had to like go around and say what our favorite songs were. And I said that this was Blister in the Sun was my favorite song. <laughs> and my teacher was like, what? <laughs> OK, like just completely did not expect me to say that also like was probably like only 50% aware of like what the song was about so it was just a really awkward situation but um yeah that's that's a fun memory with that one that's like, good. I remember like telling my guitar teacher like I want to learn this song because it's like got the really fun riff and it super easy to play but he's like okay yeah uh all right Sure. He's like, I don't, I don't know how your parents will feel about this one for the recital. And of course, you know, my parents are, yeah, like, woo, yeah, violent thumbs, like, woo. Oh my god, I love your mom so much. <laughs> I just love her. Um, all right. I think you know. Let's hear some more music. Um, uh, this one's "Tangled Up in Blue" by the Jerry Garcia Band. <laughs> I wondered if she changed that much if her hair was still red. My parents spent our life together, sure was gonna be rough. They never did like mama's home and dress, mama's big was big enough. I'm sitting on the side of the road with a rainbow in my shoes. Getting out the latest coat, got now to make some dues. She was married when we first met, but soon to be divorced. I helped her out of a jam, I guess, but I used to be too much force. 
I drove that car as far as we could, abandoned it out west. Separated on the darks that night with the green nickel bear. Turn around and call to me as I was walking away. Then I say over my shoulder, we'll meet again someday. some of Tangled Up in Blue by the Jerry Garcia band. Uh, Laura, I actually want to circle back to this image of you at Farm and Wilderness Camp looking <laughs> up to the older cool girl with the dope style. Um, if you could give like that younger self a piece of advice or if you could give me, 19-year-old Maya, a piece of advice in retrospect what would it be? Work on yourself. Love yourself. Please, God, yes. Because all good decision making is actually going to come from that place. That is the bedrock, right? So the more time that you can spend on actually knowing and appreciating yourself, then you're going to pick people that are better. You're going to save yourself a lot of time and energy. The other thing is that a lot of what feels so great Mm -hmm. is actually chemical, right? And so once I, I didn't know that back then, and I know it now, now it doesn't change necessarily how great things feel when you feel them. Like you should feel those things fully. But sometimes the, like the scary bit is when you're so afraid of losing that dopamine rush. You're so afraid of losing that experience. And to which I say, honey, it's chemical. It's chemical. Right. And so it's good to find other sources of that yummy, good stuff in your life. So you're not dependent on one source for it. Because when you are and you're 19 years old, your entire life seems like it is going to end when that thing goes away. Your life won't end. Mm -hmm. Definitely try to like even it out. So you have other sources of that, those feel good chemicals. So chemical hacking. Chemical yes. Biohacking your way to a good, healthy relationship. Gonna go like I don't know what what like what's gonna release dopamine? Maybe okay. Well, ice cream. My mom always says that like eating ice cream like releases. She's like, well, like you should just eat some ice cream because that's gonna release the same chemicals like when you're with a guy. And I'm like, okay. So last night I did eat a carton of ice cream and uh, it was great. But um, also. <laughs> Surfing, I feel like, is one of those things. Absolutely. Out, being Laughter, out, laughing, laughing, um, being, being engaged in a creative act, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. um, trying something new. It doesn't have to be a massive thing. It can just be something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, it can be like a different recipe or it can be like getting a whole bunch of your stamps in your passport. Travel is another one. Um, exercise is another one. Um, it's really, it's all about like finding what those sources are for you that in like bring some of those feel good experiences into your life again, so that you're operating from like a pretty strong baseline. And then this other person comes in and just adds more good stuff as opposed to like lifting you up, right. To like baseline, because yeah. that's where, that's where trouble arrives, yeah. arises. And you know, I picked that song because I had a boyfriend my first year of college and I was so green, Maya, like I had no game, no game. I had no idea what I was doing. I was so innocent and like, I couldn't find my voice with this person and he clearly liked me. Right. And we were both deadheads and, um, both like had this shared love of music and literature. And like, we were both like, he was smart and cool and good looking. And I, and he was, I think a junior or a senior. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even remember now, but I, I was so I had such a crush on my boyfriend, right? He wasn't somebody that, that I liked from afar. He was my boyfriend. I could barely find my words with him. And eventually like it tapered off because he was like, like, she doesn't really talk to me. <laughs> True story. So like I, I brought it up because it's like sometimes in these experiences when we have crushes, we like subvert our true selves because we get so nervous, right? Like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> 
Yep. So I just resigned to like be more of myself with my crush. Wow. Yeah. I definitely, definitely relate to that. I get very nervous. And then like, it's so funny because I'm like such a talkative person. I love to talk. I love to like, I'm very expressive, expressive. And then like when I, when I'm with somebody I like who like scares me a little bit, I'm like, oh my God, like I literally don't know what to say, which is actually like not really a good thing. Cause like, that's not me. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's one thing if it's like an initial nervousness, but then it's another thing if it's like, this person is taking up so much space in my life, but like, I can't actually like focus on myself. There's middle ground. There's middle ground and you'll find it. Yeah. Probably through some trial and error. <laughs> that's, that's what's in my future is trial and error. Lots of ups and downs, but. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's so great that you're doing this podcast. Hopefully yes. we'll save you some of that. Yes, hopefully. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, let's wrap things up with one more song. Um, this is They Love Each Other by Chris Robinson Brotherhood. <laughs> some of they love each other by chris robinson brotherhood i'm back with laura um we're gonna say goodbye uh laura it's been so much fun talking to you and you it always is it's always a pleasure to spend time with you you too um uh well do you want to let the ucla radio listeners know where they can find you if they want to learn more about journaling uh plug yourself <laughs> you know i'm not great at that but uh, my website is allswell, A-L-L-S-W-E-L-L, creative.com. And uh, you can sign up for our newsletter so that you uh, are the first to hear about all of our workshops, many of which are free, um, thanks to our sponsors. And also um, on Instagram, it's at allswellcreative. 
and my personal is at Laura L. Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. I personally answer every single DM to both accounts. Um, so if you have questions about journaling or your creative process or creative flow, you can um, hit me up there and I promise I will get back to you. And I just so appreciate you doing this and bringing this through to fruition. I think it's amazing what you're doing and bringing um, this idea of, of crushes out of, uh, out of the closet and into the light of day so people can have healthy dialogue around it. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for helping me get this started. Um, it's been great talking, Laura. Um, I'll hopefully see you in person at some point in the near future. I look forward to it. Let's surf together. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Maya. Bye.